Hey guys, welcome back to another Fragrance Friday. I'm so excited because this one is very, very special. I grew up like I think a lot of us did on Victoria's Secret fragrances and they were just literally the best, weren't they? I mean, I remember the first time I tried a few of them, the first one being very sexy. And so I'm very excited to have had this opportunity to talk to Mark, who is the um, mastermind behind all of those beautiful scents. Um, but I wanted to pop in right before the episode started and give a huge shout out to one of my favorite brands right now in fragrance, and that is Emotive, E-M-M-O-T-I-V. And, you know, the whole idea behind this brand is so in line with what Mark and I have spoken about during this episode, which is this um, eliciting emotion from the consumer, you know, eliciting the emotions that we want to have. Like, for example, some of the fragrances in the collection are called calm or joy or cozy. You know, these are just um, words, you know, when you look at them. But I love how Emotive has uh, defined this entire category of fragrance because each one really does do that for you. When you spray it, it really embodies the word that it's titled after. And so I don't see that happening a lot lately. I know that there's a lot of brands out there that do work with, um, you know, just the words that describe emotion. But this is the only brand I think that really brings it out, brings the actual emotion out that they're trying to describe in the label. And so I really urge all of you to go check out Emotive, E-M-M-O-T-I-V, all lower caps. And yeah, I hope you love this episode with Mark because it's a really good one. Hi guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. This is your host, Ekta, and I am so excited about our guest today because he's truly a visionary when it comes to fragrance and, um, you know, his track record really does speak for itself. Um, uh, without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to the mastermind behind all of the amazing scents that we love and grew up loving by Victoria's Secret, Mark Natowski. Welcome to the show, Mark. I'm so honored to be hosting you. Oh, thanks for having me. And it's always a pleasure to connect and with you and, and with customers and, you know, just spread the love of a great fragrance business. So, yeah, no, it's it's really, really great to be able to learn from um, someone such as yourself, because I know you have had so much experience. I mean, literally, like, you know, the industry in and out. So I would love to get started by just talking about your career and just, you know, really um, from the beginning, if you could kind of walk us down, you know, where everything began and um, how the whole trajectory went. Sure. You know, I've been, I think, fortunate luck plays into a lot of things. And then you're being able to deliver when you have that opportunity. So I've been fortunate. I started my career as a chemist um, working at Medisha Pharmaceutical, developing formulas, lotions, cream, shower gels, everything but makeup we did there. Um, mm. And in the process of doing that, we were working on, this is a while ago, um, in the process of doing that, we were doing a lot of work with a company called Griffin Development that did all the ancillary products for um, Bath and Body Works and Victoria's Secret. Through that process, mm. I met a lot of great people and the feeling was more, you know, you're one chemist in one place, you have a lot of cool ideas. Would you rather come and work for Griffin doing formulas for Bath and Body Works and Victoria's Secret? And you could use our supplier base and give them ideas so you can work on multiple things at multiple places and kind of come up. So mm. at that time, Griffin was like the development arm for everything for beauty for L brands, whether it was Victoria's Secret, Abercrombie & Fitch, you know, Victoria's Secret, anything that um, we actually did stuff for Target and 
Disney. I mean, we did so many different brands. Um, so through that, you know, I, I learned a lot of the development, um, had a lot of fun doing formulas. I have four patents on formulas I developed through that process um, wow. with different people. And through that process, and I'd say 99, 2000, they decided to disband Griffin and split the groups into either Bath and Body Works and Victoria's Secret. I went into Victoria's Secret and a lot of people decided to exit the business at that time. I just thought Victoria's Secret was still had a lot of upside opportunity to grow and was excited about the opportunity to work on a brand that was vertically integrated, that had its own stores, that you could develop and go to stores, talk to customers. And at the time, Robin Burns, who you could arguably the most iconic, you know, female marketer of fragrance in the U.S., um, yeah. was in charge of the business. And she said, you know, Mark, you want to learn fragrance, which wasn't at the time my area of expertise. And I was like, yeah, you know, who, who better to learn from? You know, the, the woman who did, you know, um, Eternity, Obsession, um, Pleasures. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's great to learn from her. So she was very instrumental in my growth in the beginning of around fragrance. She had me go to um, two of the fragrance houses for fragrance training almost every day for about a year, year and a half um, yeah. to really get grounded in the notes, the market, the competitive landscape, how to develop. Um, and, you know, we did a lot of great things together. You know, we did Heavenly, um, Halo, Divine, Pink. I mean, so many fragrances. Um, and, you know, I, I think from there, through her passion and energy for fragrance, it made me love fragrance and the connection yeah. fragrance made with people. And, you know, again, under her tutelage, I was very, she was very direct of what she wanted. There wasn't a lot of freedom around, hey, Mark, try this or try that. Initially, it was like, I'm going to, I'm going to gauge what I want you to go after and just stay within the, that spectrum, um, which at the time of my career, I understood because I was just learning fragrance and I'm learning from someone who had an amazing history and amazing success rate you know yeah. my job is to learn and evolve through what she was teaching me so that when the time came and I had the opportunity to be a little more creative and go out on, on my own space within the customers um, I was able to do that so Robin was great I loved working with her I, I, she was very um I loved her compassion and her empathy for for me and my learning and you know again directing me of teaching me of why we may have wanted to go in a certain direction or why we may not wanted to go in another direction. And it was all, it was all really, you know, a great learning for me. And it, it started my career, you know, where we were winning fragrance awards a lot um, in, under her tutelage. And I guess in probably 04, 05, she decided to leave. And the person who took over, who was also really a really strong um, leader, was like, Mark, you know, you know, fragrance now, just do it, do what you want to do. Just don't come to me with one idea. So uh, she gave yeah. me a lot, she gave me a ton of creative freedom. So I spent a lot of time in stores talking to customers everywhere from Miami to Dallas to Seattle to LA to San Francisco, Chicago, and just talking to customers around what they liked about our fragrances, what they thought opportunities could be. And through that experience, you know, really go, growing partnerships with fragrance houses and perfumers and really giving them a lot of respect around what they do. Cause you know, I think I've been in a lot of meetings or in the presence of people who can be really negative to perfumers, uh, you know, brand people or development people who can come at perfumers just because a fragrance may not fit, you know, their brand, you know, yeah. instead of perfumers where, Oh, you know, why would you ever do this? This is gross. And you sit there, you're like, well, first of all, 
you know, maybe it's not right for your customers. That that doesn't mean the creative idea isn't bad. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I always try to understand from each fragrance I ever smelled from any perfumer, even if it didn't fit my customer, what were one or two positive things I can say about the fragrance that would help them understand where I needed to go when I started to go opportunities of that fragrance. So I, mm -hmm. I would always, and I was taught by um, someone, Ron Winograd, who was at IFF for a long time, um, around how to be empathetic around perfumers and understand that how do you partner with them to really get both people on the same page to perfumer and yourself. So I've always felt the perfumers as the extension of the brand and not as much of a supplier. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we, I mean, for a long time, we were taking perfumers to stores with us so that they can understand how our customers smell because they do smell so fast and they smell out of the actuator and they want strength and strength and power equals expensive and yeah. it's going to last. So I think through that process, you know, as I started to get a little more freedom and started to do a lot more with, and, and I had an incredible team that made it easy. Um, I had a really good team that was with me almost my whole career at BS from probably, most of the team was with me from, I'd say 2004 through 2017, most of the uh -huh. team I had. Um, but they were really well-versed in fragrance too. Um, and their passion came off as really understanding, you know, what the brand wanted, what the customer wanted. Um, and it wasn't about developing fragrances for them. Um, it was about developing fragrances for a brand and a customer to make sure that we were making that connection. And I think yeah. the things like Love Spell, which has become really, you know, a strong fragrance for us that we did way back when. Um, but again, you know, a lot of times that fragrance, even internally, it's like, it's to this, it's to that. It's like, I understand why, you know, you may not feel it's right. But my, my gut instinct tells me that the customer is going to really gravitate to it. and you know, it had a little bit of that sparkling fruity citrus piece, but a little bit of that peach piece that really kind of took the rough edge off the, off the citrus where you never, that fragrance, the amazing thing to me is no one ever gets tired of that fragrance. You would think because yeah. it's pretty powerful. Um, so I think start, starting with things like Love Spell, you know, that we did um, with Simrise and then some like Pure Seduction, which we did with Robert Hay, which is still really big for, uh, was really big when I was right before I left. I think those fragrances, like, I don't always like every fragrance we do, but I know the customer will. And I think at the end of the day, that's the most important thing is making sure that you understand her space and you're delivering to her needs and evolving with her based on what she's looking to do. So yeah. through that, we started to, you know, started to do little things on my own. And I think we did a lot of, you know, Bombshell's been a huge success, which, you know. I, I love Bombshell. Oh, my God. I love that freaking <laughs> Bombshell, Bombshell, yeah. you know. It was a great experience. I worked with Adriana Medina and there was this healthy tension between us around. I wanted to kind of incorporate a masculine undertone. Yeah. And she wanted to use a passion fruit note, which I'm not a big fan of. Um, but she was like, okay, I'll use your masculine note if you figure out how to like my passion fruit note. So basically those two notes really started to play into how that fragrance evolved to where I wanted more freshness. She wanted more of the passion fruit and to the point where we got to this common ground where they married really well together, where that fragrance, you know, it, it's so iconic when you smell it in the street. I, that's the one thing I love. Like, you know it, what it is. There's no, oh, is it this or is it is it this fragrance or is it that? No, you know it's bombshell. And, uh, I yeah, appreciate well, you, you can immediately it. recognize it. You can immediately recognize it. I can at least because I've used it so much. I know what you mean.
Yeah, and I, I think you know that fragrance tease has done extremely well for us too. I mean, that 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 and Bombshell, like, are two of the top fragrances in the U.S. If you were to look at um, you know unit sales, um, and for, and the good thing is you know we started the business. You know, Victoria, when I started, it was about a two hundred two hundred twenty five million dollar business. When I left, it's one point one billion. So I, I felt we were leaving it in you know good foundation, uh, a good um, kind of opportunities to continue to grow and you know we've won more fragrance awards than any other brand in the u.s um yeah. which is great and you know from bombshell to tease um to pure seduction to other things we've done i think the evolution was always about making sure that we're connecting with her and making it brand centric and customer centric so okay we got to make sure it's right for the brand from a positioning perspective and then we have to make sure that from a customer perspective that it's what she wants and she sees the value in it um and our fragrances the fragrances there you know i think sometimes because maybe we're not priced at a hundred dollars i think there's always this feeling in the industry that oh it's not prestige well you know i know we spend just as much money in, on vs fragrances um to, to build them than a lot of other companies that are considered prestige so yeah no, that's a really good point, actually. I'm so glad you said that because I, I want to, like, share, like, my own, like, one experience with you because I feel yes. like this is really what I've, I've been so excited to talk to you because Victoria's Secret Fragrances, like, as a woman and, like, growing up in that period, right? Like, 2004, 2003 was when I graduated college. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was, like, coming into, like, my, you know, self as a young woman and I wanted to, you know, really start experimenting with fragrances. And I remember you know even uh in 2002 or I think it was 2003 when I tried the first fragrance by Victoria's Secret it was very sexy and yep. that moment and that experience that I had with that fragrance has stuck with me my whole life because it for the first time made me feel like I wasn't a little girl anymore in the sense of like I felt more sophisticated you know what I mean I felt things like I felt beautiful I felt sophisticated I felt like I wanted to go you know go out and you know just do things and just be a young lady you know what I mean and it was like that emotion that it evoked for me was like so crucial at that time frame in my life because I feel like it's you know fragrance can do so much for so much you know for different people right we we all experience it so differently but for me it was like confidence you know it gave me confidence and like when I look at Victoria's Secret fragrances like that's really so if I were to pick one word, that's what I like would stick to is confidence because they're amazing. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter if they're priced, you know, not at the $250 or $300 mark like that. It, it, you know, the quality has always been there. So it's phenomenal. I mean, I, I think it's phenomenal that, you, you know, you did that and the brand did that and you kept those price points where they're at because you're, you know, giving people this opportunity, you know, so that's that's pretty cool, I think. Well, I, you know, it's funny you say that, like what, what you just described for me is the best part of my job. Cause I mean, you can make a ton of money on a fragrance or you can make, you know, win all, win the awards we've won. And that's all great. And I love that. And, and that's part of the business. I think the biggest thing for me is when I hear your story, the connection that you make yeah. to how it makes you feel to the brand and what it does for you. To me, when I, whenever I used to go to the store and someone, let's say we discontinued a fragrance and someone, some consumers or associates would get really upset. And you discontinue this. I met my significant other. And when they tell you the story around why they loved it and why it meant so much to them, you start realizing the connection that fragrance to your point makes. And that was always to me the biggest influence and 
kind of what made me love what I do is when you went to stores and people would resonate around this makes me feel this way or this reminds me of my mom or you know I met my significant other when I was wearing this and those are the stories you know again you want to make money because you want to be profitable which is great but I yeah. do think we, we've always been undervalued for I think the amount of money we actually put in the juice and I think the, the reason is is we're vertically integrated. That company, you know, we're vertically integrated. I don't have to upcharge because I'm at Macy's 40%. Yeah. So yeah. we can actually, and that's what no one understands. We can put more money in the juice because, you know, unlike Macy's, it's going to charge a customer 40% or any of those department stores. We don't have to do that because it's all, we're vertically integrated. It's all built within our cost structure. So I always thought that we were, we should have been given a little bit more credit for, the value we bring. I think very sexy is a fragrance that still does extremely well. I mean, it still does yeah. really well. Oh my God. It's iconic. It's iconic. Yeah. Like, it's still, I, yeah, go ahead. That sorry. was one too, when we developed it, it was funny because that, that went a little away from, you know, that, that was one of the last, it was one of not, maybe it was the fourth one Robin did with me, but there, it was funny because Robin and I were going back and forth because she had been on everything we had done up to that point was pretty like overtly, strictly floral, like a white floral, a rose floral, an outdated yeah. floral. And I was trying to push her a little like, hey, let's try something a little different. And she's like, well, if you can get me a floral oriental or floral woody or floral comfort, like, let's look at it. And that has a lot of that woody piece in the back with a little fruity floral fee on the top. But that fragrance at the time when we did it was far different than anything else we had done, meaning far away from just the overt florals that we were doing at the time. Well, I think it was also different than anything else out there. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, at the time, you know, 2003, 2004, that time period was so unique, I think, you know, and from my perspective, when I look at it, you know, I kind of like grew up in that time frame. And I remember like perfumes and fragrances were not something that, you know, the average like 20 year old knew much about. You know, it wasn't something that we were sitting around in our, you know, and having a beer and talking about because none of us knew what the heck we were talking about. You know what I mean? We, we just knew that there's a world out there of fragrance and, um, you know, it's people are creating this magic and nobody really knew anything about it. So Victoria's Secret for, I know for me and a lot of my friends in that, like, you know, college era was like, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? Like we were very excited about Victoria's Secret fragrances. I mean, I remember it being like almost like a, a coveted thing, you know, between me and my girlfriends. Like it was like, oh, what are you wearing? It smells so wonderful. And then, you know, you would find out it was a, you know, Victoria's Secret fragrance. And it was like, oh, of course it is. You know what I mean? Like it kind of like built its own reputation within the, like, you know, the micro communities of like, I think the, you know, the younger consumers at the time. That's what I experienced at least. So, I mean, I think that speaks so much for what you created because it's still you know what I mean it's still there it's still something that you can remember and then go back to and be like oh my gosh I remember this you know I, I had all these memories tied to it like you were saying before you know what I mean like it's just it's cool I like that yeah and again I think I think that the way the brand handled the fragrance business versus a lot of other companies who tried to do it that were let's say not department stores but but more vertically integrated like a gap or an American Eagle. I think the thing that the brand understood was the value of fragrance and understanding that it's the only thing that's closer to your skin than your lingerie. Yes. So they always yeah. understood the value and gave it the right, um, the right space, the right, they made it feel 
compared to those other like stores, they made it feel more important that there was value and that, you know, again, I, I always struggled with, I knew the fragrances were good. I knew what we were doing. We were working with the same perfumers that do great fragrances for other people, but I knew we were doing things that were right for our customer. And sometimes, you know, people, listen, I think a lot of the fruity trend that started was because of Bath and Body Works and Victoria's Secret, because no one was doing it before either one of us were doing it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we brought in, you know, where way back when, when Père Glacé and Enchanted Apple, I mean, that was like in the late 90s. And BBW was doing their sunrise and raspberry cucumber melon, where no one was really doing that fruity space. And I think we learned really quickly that that U.S. market, there was a, there was a need and an aspiration for that. And how do you tie it all in? And then how do you take those ideas and make them into prestige fragrances, which we were able to do with like a bombshell, very sexy, a tease, a heavenly you know, that still resonates t- today. And, and you know, yeah. again, proud of the legacy that was created and the foundation we built. Um, they'll, they'll do fine for whatever is next for them. I think they have a lot of ideas. And, you know, I always want to see that business grow because it's really close to my heart. And, and the perf- I, I really enjoyed working with the perfumers. I've been fortunate to travel with perfumers all over the world and find ingredients for Victoria's Secret. That I wish, the only thing, I wish we would have talked about them a little more because because of the space we were given and, and sometimes the labels, you just, you know, give me a top mid and dry. And I think a lot of, especially a lot of the fragrances that we were doing from 2010 to 16, there was a lot of like trips that we took with fragrance houses that we captured notes, you know, that were going to be for VS if we talked to them and we just, we used them, but we never really talked to the iconic nature of why they were used. Um, and I wish we yeah. would have done more of that because I do think there's a stronger, a lot stronger stories we could have told. Um, yeah. But, but because yeah. of space, it's like, give me the top man and dry. It's like, yeah, but the top man and dry doesn't define how we made it. Right. Yeah. Right. And you know what's interesting, Mark? Honestly, I love that you are saying this because right now I'm like, you know, obviously, like since I started the series, like I've been, you know, um, talking to people about fragrance and just learning more and more about it. And what I'm noticing now is there's so many brands and so many fragrance brands that are coming out with this idea of like emotion being their yeah. hook, you know? And it's like, I sit there and I'm like, you know, just reflecting on the Victoria's Secret fragrances, I'm like, I feel like we're trying to recreate the wheel here, guys. You know what I mean? Like emotion is something that I think is always tied to a good fragrance in my personal opinion. And I think, you know, and Victoria's Secret fragrances are just like the most shining example of that because they all evoke something from you, you know, whether that's, you know, whatever that is for you, the the fragrance does that job, that emotional piece, you know, so to, I'm all for it, you know, I'm here for the whole, you know, new wave I guess you could say of this you know emotion-based fragrance marketing and whatever but it's like you know it's not a new concept at all it's Mm -hmm. and so I agree with you I wish you guys would have talked more about it because honestly Victoria's Secret fragrances were literally you know amazing like in every possible way and I you know I never really heard anything you know what I mean like in the education aspect of it I mean like there was nothing like like I I personally didn't understand it as a consumer I just knew I loved the sense you know what I mean so it was like like, I would have loved to hear about, you know, 
what was the process? And that's really where my next question for you is, is that, you know, um, at this point in your career, you know, and like looking back on all these iconic scents you've created, like, you know, what is the mood board process like for you? You know, like, do you create a mood board or like, how do you approach your like, you know, brainstorming um, step in the- I'll do, in the it, I'll, I'll do it a couple ways. Um, some of yeah. it's just visuals that I see that to me resonate with a specific, a particular space I want to go after that I, I you know that I want to create kind of have the perfumers I'm not very I'm not a big fan and this is just my perspective of I'm not a big fan and I get criticized for this a lot like I'm not a big fan of benchmarking where you're giving mm-hmm. a perfumer like hey I, I want like a light blue meets a Baccarat Rouge I, I've, I've struggled with that a lot because I think when you do that the perfumers think you want something that's similar to that or in that space because they know they have to sell a fragrance too. So yeah. if you're giving them that benchmark, a lot of times they're like, well, if I stray too far from that benchmark, I'm not going to be in the running to win the business, which I get. So I give them a little bit more creative freedom. I was like, I'll give them a more emotional space than I'll give them benchmarks. I'll give them, hey, I want, I, I'm looking for something that's a snow-covered rock, the snow-covered Rocky Mountains as you're going from spring and as you're going from fall, uh, no, winter into spring, as the snow's melting and you're just starting to get the tops of the green trees from the snow mm. melting, I want the freshness and the green of that with the first blooms of the peonies in the East Coast. So how do you figure, how do you pull that together for me? <laughs> yeah, how do you pull that together? That's, so, that's so cool. I'll, I'll work yeah. with them on that. I'll, I do a lot of visuals, like um, things that inspire me that yeah. I think, um, like for example, if I'm looking at doing something going on, I may like one thing I did that we looked at when we were doing teas was ha- like for us, patchouli is a, a rough note for the VS customer or was, it may not be anymore, but it was when we were doing teas and we were looking at, you know, your cocoa mads and your angels. And whenever we took those to store customers were ne- not knowing what they were, they never yeah. would, they would always be like, Oh, it smells dirty. But we knew there was something to the gourmand piece. Cause they would say, well, there's something sweet in there. I like, but it gets too dirty. So what we did is, we basically took a marshmallow, like we, I have visuals of a marshmallow on fire. And I told the, perf- I told the perfumer, I want to go on my note that doesn't have, that doesn't have that dank mossiness that has yeah. the warmth of like a marshmallow on fire. Wow. And then, and, and without being burnt, but like w- when you get that, like that bloom of smoke and you get that first whiff of the marshmallow and how to blend that with like a spring morning where the, you, you're getting the dew evaporating off the petals of the flower. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I know well, more about, and some people that drive some people crazy because they're like, well, Mark, you got to benchmark it. Like people ask me, well, Mark, don't, I remember when someone had just started in our business and they were like, well, Mark, what, what was your benchmark for Bombshell? I'm like, there was not. And they said, there had to be a benchmark. I'm like, there, there was no benchmark. I smelled notes with Adriana and Jivanon. We went yeah. through notes that I thought can resonate. She gave me what she thought would be interesting. And we started to play back and forth until we got to a point where we're like, wow, this is really unique and different and really creates a space that is, is I think the space defined the brand better than anything else we had done to that point and yeah. became iconic because of the bottle, um, but really worked into something unique and different that if I was to give her a benchmark, she would have had to stay within a certain scope of, well, you know, Mark wants me to between here and here. So if I go outside of there, I may not win the business because that's what his expectation is. But if I, yeah. if we're working together and I'm giving you ingredients and visuals and we're working together, then we can find out what's that right spot that I know our customer will like 
that you think could be, you know, right for the business, for the market, as well as the trend. And then we develop that way. So everyone has a different way of doing it. There's no right or wrong way. If people like doing that, that's fine. I've just struggled with getting maximum creativity when I've used benchmarks. I, I get more creative ideas that are differentiated and disruptive if I'm working off ingredients and visuals. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes so much sense. And I love like how you explain that because honestly, the whole time I'm thinking about, you know, we look at artists, right? I mean, fragrance is, a it, it's art, you know, it's literally like creating something that is going to, you know, evoke emotion, evoke some sort of an expression from another human being. And that requires a lot of creative freedom. So to say something like, well, here's a benchmark, you've already taken a huge chunk of creative freedom out of that story at that point, because you're already have pre-established notes. You have these, you know what I mean? Like if you, you know, like the benchmark is Woody, so you're going to work with Woody fragrance, you know, any sense or whatever. And I just don't, I don't understand how that's even a thing. Like, because I, I definitely noticed, you know, um, my point is like, I definitely noticed there was a shift at some point in the, um, you know, 2010, 2013, uh, time frames I think overall because I was starting to realize like I stopped buying fragrances like I I kid you not like I just stopped because I was like I know the few that I like and I'm just sticking to them because everything I would smell smelled exactly like or very similar to something I already had you know what I mean and very sexy being one of those fragrances that I already had and then something else smelled exactly like it so it was like you know it, it was almost as if like it, as a consumer I felt like I don't need to buy anything else because I already have that in this other fragrance I've already been using for years now so you know I want to get your opinion on that is this redundancy you know in the fragrance in industry like have have you seen like have you seen that a lot? And, and yeah. what are your thoughts around that? You know, like, I, it's interesting yeah. because everything's a business, right? So I think yeah. like Baccarat Rouge is a hot fragrance right now. And everyone, yeah. everyone, oh man. It's like, if I hear someone say, oh, I want a Baccarat Rouge type one more time, I'm going to shoot somebody it's just <laughs> because it's, it's everybody want, they know there's something to that fragrance that's working, which is amazing. Right. Yeah. But and this happened with Bombshell too. I had heard through the grapevine where you, when Bombshell was working, everyone was like, how do I get that freshness that's in bombshell because it was working? And I, I think Baccarat Rouge, I think Angel had it, Terry Mugler's Angel. Everyone was, you know, she figured, they figured out how to use that cotton candy note with the, uh, that methyl, the maltol note with patchouli, you know, and then all of a sudden everyone was doing it. Um, and I think, listen, I get, I get you got to make money and if it's working, that's fine. I think the hope is when you're doing that, that, Maybe the people who buy Baccarat Rouge wouldn't be buying a like as fragrance because it's a different customer and they may never even have seen Baccarat Rouge. So I think that's what you're trying to do. Um, listen, we, we, we've been asked to do it. I've been asked to do like, to, to go after some fragrances that are really prestige and niche in the market. And I've, I've, I've done it reluctantly. I've said it wouldn't work and it didn't when we did, we tried it once and it did not work. And I knew why it wasn't going to work because it wasn't our customer, but someone, there was a feeling that, we could do this. She'll see it and like it because it's not in a it, it's not in a a broader uh, uh, assortment or it's not it's not as readily available because it's so niche. I think we can sell this in. I was like, I know our customer and these notes were playing a lot off citrus notes, which the citrus notes were really sharp and very yeah. green. And our customer struggled um, at the time with things that were too sharp and green or functional. And these had. 
that kind of feel to it. So, you know, again, I knew, I knew when we launched it, it wasn't going to work, but we were asked to do it to show that if there's opportunity. So we did it and it wasn't my, my favorite thing to do. And, um, yeah. But yeah. I, think, no, I, I think people do it because they think, you know, you can get share. They're looking for market share. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing is that, you know, I always found, find that to be so, um, I, I understand the necessity of it, you know, like, obviously we're all here to make money out of whatever you're putting your time and effort into. But at the end of the day, like, you know, there should be a line between, you know, like, I I believe it to be like, you know, ethics towards your craft, right? Whatever that is. I mean, it's like you you have to realize like as a brand and, and I speak about brands because I really like the point you made about how a fragrance should reflect a brand not you know what I mean like I really love that because it's so true because it will make people remember your brand so you have to make certain distinctions I feel like as an entrepreneur like and this is just for everyone listening out there like you know um is you know you have to make a distinction between what is it that you really are trying to create rather than just give somebody else and you know give someone another perfume that's labeled something that you think is you know that emotion is being evoked but in reality it's not you know like because you haven't put enough thought into it or maybe you didn't you know sit with it long enough and really try to understand like what your customer wants you know that those kind of things like I feel like people have started to cut corners and I just think that's such a disservice you know from the artistic standpoint when it comes to fragrance more than any other niche in beauty or you know in general, because it's it's an art form, you know what I mean? Like I said, it's just, you have to, you have to stick with it. And those are the fragrances that I, as a consumer to this day, for example, you know, not even just Victoria's Secret, like Ralph Lauren's Romance is one of my favorite fragrances of all time. And it was unique when I got it, you know what I mean? Because I never had anything like that. And I still, you know, to this day, I still struggle sometimes finding something that clean and fresh and same with Very Sexy, same with Bombshells, so, you know, so it's like, you you have memories that are created and you can't cut corners to create those memories with your consumers, you know? So well, I just, I, yeah. And I, I think to that point too, is like even Baccarat Rouge, which it's a great, it's an amazing fragrance. And, and I think Francis did a, a, a really good job of putting together something that was unique and different. I think the interesting thing for me is like, he was able to do that, right? And, and create something that kind of was unique and different. Like yeah. if everyone was so interested in, oh my gosh, we should have done that. Why didn't you do it first? Because right. to your point, his creative artistry told him that, hey, if I put these things together, I think I can have something really unique. Now, yeah. if you're going off benchmarks, you would have never have done that. Right. Exactly. You know, and that's that the same thing with Bombshell when we did it. If we were going off a benchmark, we, benchmark, we would have never created Bombshell. Yeah. Yeah. No. And also, it's like, I want to ask you, like, you know, how many times have you been in like the the process of like creating something and then, you know, you think it's going to turn out a certain way, like in terms of like what it, you know, like the scent, but then it turns out something like completely different. Like how often does that happen in the fragrance formulation? Um, I mean, it's happened. I, I think the, I don't, we've had it happen or I've had it happen where it's more like there was a fragrance that I really, we, that was real, I thought was amazing that we launched probably in, I don't even know when, it's probably 2000 maybe seven or eight, six, seven or eight, somewhere in there. And um, the problem for me was the fragrance I still think is good. The packaging was not, the packaging and name didn't correlate to the, the brand enough and it didn't do the fragrance justice. So I think there's times where the fragrance is really good and maybe what's around it doesn't work and vice versa. There's times maybe we've developed the fragrance and we're like, oh shit, you're putting it in that packaging. 
I'm yeah. not sure if it's going to work because that's not how we develop the fragrance, you know. So I yeah. think it, when you can get the holistic view of, you know, the fragrance, the name and the packaging together and it works right for the brand, that's when you have a win. You can have a great fragrance and screw it up with the name and the package. You can have you can have a great package and name and screw it up because the fragrance doesn't work with it. So it's that whole, that's where like with Bombshell, I felt everything came together. When, the, the, when we started Bombshell, the focus of that was, I want to make a fragrance that is iconic as when you see that pink on pink stripe bag from three blocks away, you know it's a Victoria's Secret bag. You don't even have to know the name on the bag. You know what it is. When we developed the bottle for that and we developed the fragrance, the goal was to be as iconic as that stripe on stripe bag. And we did yeah. it. You know, we did it where you smell that fragrance and you look at that bottle and it's as iconic to the brand as that stripe on stripe bag was. Uh, yeah, it's it's a phenomenal. I mean, there's nothing else like it. I've never I, I haven't had the same experience um, like I did with Bombshell in that specific type of fragrance. You know what I mean? So it's like, absolutely. I mean, you really hit the nail on the head, you know, with that whole the whole experience you know for me as a consumer because i still to this day like if i want a scent that is like bombshell i'm gonna go buy the actual fragrance yeah i'm not gonna look for a dupe or whatever it is people do now you know it's like there you have to figure out you know as a consumer i think like what is it that you like and then find the brands that are actually resonating with the idea of creating that uniqueness that you're looking for. And I really want to ask you this question because this has been something that I think has come up in the recent years is this idea of layering fragrances. And I've like, I didn't grow up with that. I mean, we didn't know anything about layering fragrances. So like when, when did you notice if, I mean, if you even remember like when people started doing that, was that something that you um, always thought we should do? Or is, is it something that's like a more of like a new age idea? No, I think we actually did it. We tried okay. to do it. We tried to do it. We didn't do a good job of it. We tried to do it in 2000 and I think it was 14 into 15. Yeah, 14 into 15. With the, you know, like your love spell and pure seduction, like we, we had come up with a way to layer fragrances where if you like love spell and you did it with vanilla lace, they would work together, you know? So it, it, there's two things that happened. The consumer was really struggling to understand like, well, what if I want to blend it with something else? I can't do that. So I think we could have done a better job of understanding like what the consumer's perception of blending and customization was. I think, I, listen, I, I know people have done it. They've told me they've done it where they put bombshell with a, another like love spell, you know? So yeah, yeah, I think, I think, listen, if, if that makes you feel good and connects you to who you want to be, I don't, fine with me. I mean, I, yeah. I do it. I do it every day. I combine things that, like, I'll get seven submissions from a fragrance house, and maybe there's two or three I really, really like, and you know, it frustrates the perfumer sometimes. I start blending them together myself. Like, I'll take submissions <laughs> and say, "Hey, I like, I like part of this. I like part of this. I like part of that. I want to put them together and see if I can come up with something even more disruptive by blending them together." Um, yeah. And we've come up with some good ideas that way, um, where we blend the things together, and yeah. So I, I think. I think the idea of customization and personalization in fragrance is an interesting opportunity. I think the challenge is how do you how do you make it understandable so you can educate it so that they that's mistake free and that they're happy with what they're doing. I just think it's hard to do it in store because it takes unless you're a niche store, but uh, anyone who has more than a hundred stores is going to be hard to do it in. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. I, I think there's something there because that, that becomes about personalization and customization, which you keep hearing. I keep hearing is a trend. 
which I get. I just think it's hard to do unless you have a really strong service environment where there's someone who can educate, talk to customers and guide them and, and understand what they like and don't like so they can make the right recommendations. Right. Right. And also it's like, you know, it's interesting that you um, commented. I was actually going to ask you about that, the customization of fragrances, because, you know, what I find to be so baffling about this whole process is that, you know, how do you, because consumers don't know how to describe fragrances. Let's be real. You know what I mean? Like, unless you've created fragrances, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, you don't know the notes. You don't know how they work together. And that's the truth. That's not, you know what I mean? Not putting anyone down. I'm just, you know, and when you go to a person that's saying I'm creating a custom fragrance for you, you are responsible for describing what you like. So you're probably maybe not going to be able to articulate it even as well as the, if you just let an actual fragrance expert create something and then you try, you know what I mean? Try it because there's, yeah, you can say something like, Hey, I like citrusy scents. I like, you know, musk. I like this, but in what, proportions you know in what like you know where is the balance what that's a question that i think every consumer can agree that we can't really answer because we don't know enough you know and so i really find it to be intriguing that you know people are so you know like on this bandwagon of yes personalize everything and it's like well sometimes you don't know what's best for you because you you're not the expert you know what i mean you haven't done it before it's like chemistry you can't just go into a chemistry lab and say i'm gonna do it myself you know what i mean you're gonna blow up the lab like (laughs) it doesn't you know i i think what i've learned is that so 90 percent of the cost 90 percent of consumers if you ask them what they like about fragrance and to describe it 90% 90% of them, the first thing they'll tell you is it's fresh, whether it's a heady white floral, whether it's a woody fragrance, whether it's a fresh citrus fragrance, almost 90, because we've checked, we've looked into this, 90% of the customer, 90% of consumers, when you ask them about a fragrance, like, yeah. what do you like about it? Or how would you describe it? 90% of them, the first thing they'll say is fresh. And the second thing they'll usually say is clean. Then after that, you get into other things. But I, I fully agree with you that I've struggled with the lack of vocabulary around how to talk about fragrances what you know and I, i've talked to people about this how come we can't like you know what a pinot noir is you know what a pinot grigio is you know what a chardonnay is you know what a zinfandel is you, you know all these different varieties of wines because of how they're described or how the grape is grown how yeah. come we can't just have a language that the consumers can better understand so that they can describe more of what they're looking for because I spend a lot of time in stores and the consumer, I mean, you have a few who are really into fragrance and really can describe it, but yeah. it's rare. And most, most consumers are just like, I like it because I like it. You know, well, wh- why do you like it? Well, it's sweet or well, it's fresh or uh, it lasts a long time. But yeah. around the true essence of how it was created and why you like it, I don't think they can describe. I also sometimes run into, like if you're a perfumer, right? And you've been doing yeah. this and you've been trained and I have a ton of respect for everything that they do. And I've worked with almost all of them and they're all amazing in their own way. They all have their own signature and their own kind of language that they, they have their backbone of how they create fragrances. And each perfumer has like a different kind of signature. It's kind of cool. Like I could smell certain fragrances. I can almost tell you who it is based on like, it has, oh, that's if it really has cool. an orange flower, if it doesn't have an orange flower, if it has a citrus. But I think the interesting thing is, so you tell me someone like, even I wouldn't say this, I'm more of a curator. To me, I yeah. curate fragrances and help the perfumers have a guidance of what the brand needs and what the customer needs. So for me, it's 
if you're putting things together and that makes you a perfumer, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think that 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 to me, from a someone who's done a lot of training, knows the ingredients, and has been versed in how perfume fragrances are put together, you know, some perfumers get offended by that. It's like, you know, you're you're telling me anyone can put this together. So what are you saying about? You know my career and my creativity and my my schooling. You know because exactly. if you're saying anyone can do this, you're kind of. And I agree with them. It's like you could put things together and say you like it. Don't say you're. I, I've, if you're going to put two fragrances together and say, "Oh, look, I could be a perfumer," it's like please. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's so. Oh gosh! Yeah, I, and you know what? I see that a lot on TikTok these days, Mark. Honestly, yeah. I guess it. I every single time I scroll and I see somebody. It's some little, like, you know, a teenager or whatever, and they're just talking. I'm like, oh, my gosh, please stop talking. Like, literally, you just don't know. And that's okay to not know. I mean, yeah. I there's not a single fragrance in my collection that I could sit down and, you know, knowing that you know what you know and how much you know, and sit down and say, Mark, I'm going to just describe this to you, and it's going to be perfect. Because I couldn't do it. There's fragrances in my collection. Most of them, all of them are just, if they're tied to my memories and my emotions. Yes, I could tell you this smells very, um, you know, it smells like an orange or it smells very like crisp, what I consider to be crisp. But I yep. could never properly, like you said, in the right vocabulary, describe to you what it is that I really like about the clean aspect of a fragrance. You know what I mean? Like, what is it? Because there's no way there's no way and so that's where i think you know i really resonate with what you said i think you sometimes have to step back and you realize that you know there are experts who know what they're doing it's like you know the idea of mastering a craft these days is so undervalued and it bothers me because it's like there's a reason why people have devoted their entire lives to a specific career or like, you know what I mean? Whatever they're doing. And you should, you don't need to recreate that whole process because they've already mastered it. You know, just go to the experts is my thing is like, and especially with fragrance, because fragrance is not like beauty. You can mix two shades of lipstick together and make the perfect nude for yourself, but you can't do that with fragrance. I don't know who believes that, but I know for a fact, even I know that you can't really do that. So, you know, I yeah. think you have people who try one or two, sorry to interrupt, but I think no, people yeah. try one or two things and they like it. So they think they've created, I think I was taught a long time ago, even though I've been doing this forever. Um, I, even when I talk to the perfumers, I very rarely, very rarely, if ever talk in notes, because <laughs> even for me, you could put two notes together. Like you could say, let's take the patchouli out, but maybe the patchouli is not really patchouli. Maybe it's a combo of two or three other things that smell like patchouli. So if you're a perfumer and I go in there and say, hey, take the patchouli out, and they're like, that idiot, there's not even patchouli in here. So, but if I say to him, if I say to a perfumer, man, I'm getting this weird, mossy, camphoraceous note, and to yeah. me, it's it's not right for a customer because we rebalance that. Then they could say, okay, well, look at, I have lavender in there. I have patchouli in there. I can now, yeah. you know, I'm not dictating to them their expertise. I'm saying, here's what I'm feeling based on what I know or works or doesn't work for my customer. How do we get more of this or less of this? And not saying, hey, increase the apple note, decrease the sharper. It's more about, hey, I'm, I need, I'm getting a fruity note. How do I increase that a little bit? But I, I can't be that metallic fruitiness. It needs to be more of a juicy fruitiness. And, and, and even if I do know the notes, I, I, I think when you, you said it best, when you start to combine a lot of things together, you could easily make a mistake saying something's in there. And it's just a combination of other things that make it smell or feel like that that yeah. the perfume will be kind of you lose credibility when you do that 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you know, it, it reminds me of like, for example, you know, one really, I think the best example for me um, is, you know, I'm going to mention Veronique goodbye here because yep. when I first experienced her fragrances, I was, because I love, you know, I, I, I remember going with my parents, you know, we would vacation in the South of France and all that good stuff, but I was not a local, you know what I mean? I didn't grow up there. I don't know all the scents and all the fragrances. She did. And she bottled that into fragrance, you know what I mean? And she really did because when you experience her fragrances, that's how you, it reminds me of my vacations. You know what I mean? I, I Because she knows the feeling and she knows what she, is supposed to be evoked with that label you know what i mean of saying you want it to smell like an area of you know a geographical area that you may have visited or whatever you know she knows that because she's lived it she's studied it you know and that's where i get really i think that there is this line that shouldn't be crossed you know what i mean from like the like the professional level is like you know you have to trust that you know there's a lot that goes behind creating something whether it's fragrance art whatever it is and you know, to undermine that process or to even belittle it in any way is such an insult. You know what I mean? It really is. I mean, I would never go to an artist and say, oh, I could totally do this painting by myself. No, I, what do I you, do, you know I what I mean? It's you. like, no, you couldn't because you could never replicate the same brush strokes. You, what do you mean? You know, so it's, it makes no sense. I think the argument is, is, is just like another marketing gimmick, honestly, at this point, because there, these people are just coming out with like dupe after dupe after dupe and pretending like there's something innovative going on, but there's nothing going on. It's just the same stuff, same sense, same experience. And that's why a consumer like me will go back to something like bombshell. We, I will go back to very sexy. I will go back to those iconic fragrances because at the end of the day, they did what I wanted. They were fragrances I genuinely loved. I don't need to go out and find another one. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like things, sometimes things are timeless is my point. And I think fragrance is a wonderful example of that. You know, this, this niche of beauty, it's timeless. It's supposed to make you feel like, you know, 10 years from now, I can still be using the scent and I will still love it 10 years from now. So it's that's- about, It's yeah. about when you get back to, to what you're saying about memory, right? You create that memory, yeah. you create that destination, you create that emotional connection and it stays with you forever. It's not It's not as if it, it goes away. It, you smell that fragrance, whenever you smell it, it goes back to that point in time and, and a specific moment in your life or a specific you know emotion and, and you just can't get away from it. That's what I love about fragrance, I think. It really makes a really strong connection. I've seen it with our customers where when they like something, if you discontinue it, you better be careful because they'll come at you in a way where, you know, you created this. I love it. It reminds me of so-and-so or it reminds me, you know, of somewhere I went on vacation and now you're discontinuing it. But, I, you know, is there any way I can get another sample because I, it, I can't live without it. So those are the things that I think fragrance is supposed to do and should do it in. It's, it's about emotion. It's about storytelling. You know, what's the story yes. you're telling that, yes. that fits your brand, but then fits the consumer who's shopping you that's that's relevant and authentic that makes her, you know, realize that you're doing it for her. And that she, I, I always, it's so funny because I'm also not a big fan of giving people ingredients initially. I don't mind if you want to go look them up, but I'm not a big fan of giving, you know, ingredients. And some people don't market. They want ingredients. I'm like, maybe. I go, so my reason or my, my logic of not giving ingredients is, well, if I give someone it's got patchouli, it's got rose, it's got apple, I just created the destination. They know what it's going to smell like. I want them yeah. to create, I want them to create the journey of what it means to them. I don't want to dictate to that. Let's, if they want to know the notes after they smell it, I'm all for, that's fine. 
But right. to, to have someone smell it and know, I, we run into this where someone hated a rose note and they, she hated it. And it's like, oh, rose, I never would wear anything with rose. And we were smelling something and we didn't tell her it had rose in it and she loved it. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. She, and she goes, if someone would have described that and said, oh, there's a rose note, there's this note and that note, she goes, I would have never even smelled it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree because I'm like that with musk. I was like that for the longest time. I thought the word musk meant that it smells like a man. And I hate I, I had the worst understanding <laughs> possible, you know what I mean, of musk. And then I, you know, kind of came out of my bubble and realized that I have no idea what I'm talking about. And there's so many different ways you can incorporate it into fragrance. And yeah. now I have tons of, you know what I mean, like scents that have great, you know, notes of musk in it. And I don't even notice it, but it was just that I had had this one experience that made me just not like that specific word, I guess, to describe why I didn't like the fragrance. And then it was this bias that stuck with me, you know what I mean? And then I had to completely redo that whole thing and go down that road again and figure out why is it that I don't, why am I even saying that I don't like the, the smell of something that has musk in it or something? And I realized I'm very wrong, you know? So it, it really is very true what you said. You know, I think that um, it, it's more about staying open-minded. You know, I think these days people want this black and white answer. And unfortunately, you know, when it comes to anything related to art and creativity, you're never going to have that. So and, it's, you know. And, and to your point, art, you know, it's eyes of, it's in the eyes of the beholder if it's a painting and it's in the, it's in the eyes of the person smelling. Exactly. It's in the nose of person smell, smelling. And I think that's, that, that's, the, that's the joy of fragrance. It, it means something to somebody else based on how they smell it. And uh, again, to your point, you may have smelled something that had too much musk in it or the way they balanced the musk wasn't right. So you thought, oh, I hate, I'll, I'll always hate musk. But all of a sudden someone comes around and figures out how to wrap it differently. Now you may never have smelled that because you, like, you don't like the word musk or you don't like what it meant the first time you smelled it. But as it evolves and people balance them differently, all of a sudden you're like, wow, I, I wouldn't have known I would have liked this. So yeah, I think yeah. fragrance, it, it's open-minded. It, it, it's wanting to make an emotional connection and finding out what that means to you and how that journey and that the dream comes alive through fragrance for you. I love that. So I, I love how you said that. It's so well said and I completely agree. And, you know, I, you know, I'm going to ask you this question. When are we going to have your line? When, when is your <laughs> fragrance collection coming out? <laughs> well, I, 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 it's interesting you say that because I think right now I'm, I, the only way I'm going to do it is if there's a distinctive differentiation that makes it to have a reason for being. So I'm, I'm looking into a couple of ideas and a couple of things that I think could be relevant to me, to the market. And I'm doing it more around, if I do it, it's going to be more around making sure there's a place not just to do it, to do it. So yeah. if, there, if I do it, there's going to be a story behind why I'm doing it and a yeah. story that's reflective in how these things smell. I'm not going to do it just because, you know, we've done a lot of great things at VS and, you know, I'll leverage. I want to do it because there's an emotive connection that I feel is relevant for the market and that people can connect with. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, spoken like a true master, you know, I, I, I completely understand that, but I mean, I think that you should definitely do it no matter what, because we can't, you know, I, I think the people who know what they're doing, it's like, you have to do it because there are so many people who don't know what they're doing that you know what i mean it's like yep. yeah, I get it. <laughs> you have to do it. it for the for humanity mark you have to do it <laughs> I, I i do it i i mean i do it of the joy of doing it i'm doing it if i do it i want to make sure i just want to make sure that there's 
a place for it that makes sense and that there's a reason for people to like it, not because it's on top of something else or it won't be because if I do it, it's not going to be where it's there'll be commerciality to a degree, but it's not going to be where it's based on things in the market for sure. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. I've I've loved this conversation. I would love for us to continue this and do a part two because I just feel like yeah. there's just not enough time. I, I want to like pick your brain more about fragrance and everything around it. And for everyone listening, I hope you really love this episode because I learned a lot and I, I'm just so grateful for your time, Mark. I mean, this has been such an honor to host you and to even, you know, to have the chance to speak to you and learn from you. I mean, I, I can't thank you enough. So, you know, I would love to have you back anytime that you have the time. Yeah. Again, I appreciate you having me. It was, it was a pleasure to do this. Uh, I always love talking about fragrance. I, it is a passion of mine. Uh, I, I appreciate, you know, all the people I've worked with fragrance houses, um, perfumers that have been amazing to me. Um, some great leaders I've had. Um, that have given me space to do my own thing and to work within the brand to create things that are iconic for the customer and the business. So I definitely would love to do that. And, you know, again, this was great for me. I'm always interested in what people think. So again, any feedback, if you want to field some questions that we can, you can ask me, I'm always open to whatever you want me to do. Absolutely. And I will ask the listeners, um, everyone tuning in, please send us some like questions so we can do a, an awesome Q&A with Mark and really get some, you know, real answers because, you know, fragrance is a very, it's a very complex world, you know, and it's a wonderful place if you have someone helping you navigate it. So I think that that would be a really fun episode if we did a Q&A. But again, thank you everyone for listening and tuning in and I will be back next time. Thank you so much. Thank you.